Welcome to Talking Baseball. We have a very fun interview. We got an umpire onto the show. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. My name is Jimmy. I've got Jake. I've got Trevor. Producer BBD is here. And we are excited to bring you this interview. You heard a couple days ago, we were talking about how, hey, let's get an umpire on here. Well, we got an umpire on here. Dale Scott, um, for 30 years. We just finished chatting with him for like a full hour, and we could have went way longer I loved all the stories he had and his perspective on things. Trev, is that uh, what you expected from getting an umpire on the show? It was. um, And I think it's cool that he came on and just showed a little bit of the personality and more so kind of like the mindset that, you know, most of these guys have. And it's like they just want to get the calls right and have nobody talk about them, which I think has been a little bit detrimental to the brand, if you will. Because I think these guys do need to be showcased a little more. They're such an integral part of the game, and we just don't ever talk to them or hear it from them or anything unless something major happens. So I think it's cool. Obviously, he's not a current umpire, but it's cool to hear those stories and his perspective. And, I, I, man, I just encourage more umpires to do that. Yeah. I think it would help their case out a lot. Yeah. yeah. Jake, you want to become an umpire? Well, I'll save it. I'll save it for after because I, I actually I really liked one of Trevor's questions, which is the first time that's ever happened. So, um, no, I mean Dale Dale Scott is the man. I mean that's that's everything you want to hear from an umpire. Well, as you listen to this interview, make sure to try and find out which question of Trevor's you think Jake really liked, and we'll let you know at the end. We are joined by a talking baseball first to finally bring a little bit of order to this show. Dale <laughs> Scott, former umpire. Dale, how you doing, man? I am. I'm doing great. It's uh, Groundhog Day again. Uh, for <laughs> Portland. <laughs> we're, we're all doing it, man. You you yeah. bunkered up or what? Yeah, you know, it's not, it's not too bad. I mean, I, a lot of people have it a lot worse than me, but uh, it's it, like everybody, though. Every You know, we're just tired of it, man. It's just, it's it just you know i mean it's i i i hurt my shoulder i'm actually able to go to physical therapy twice a week and so uh uh that's like my big social event of the week you know oh yeah i get to go to social you know physical therapy (laughs) well you're in the right place because i uh my back's been jacked up i was just telling them i went to the chiropractor for the first time yesterday and like saw drove past some trees and stuff i was like this is awesome this is great it's the little things in life now i guess yeah it's true it's true we've had a lot we've had a lot of players on the show during quarantine and we uh you know a couple weeks ago just said hey let's get an umpire on here we want to hear the other side of stories and and uh hear your perspective because it doesn't get shared a ton so we really appreciate you coming on and you know, just a quick look at your history as an umpire in Major League Baseball. You were, you know, the front row seat for a lot of crazy and fun games. Well, when you, you know, I, I, when you work 32 years in the big leagues, you're going to see a lot of stuff. Um, and uh, uh, it, it, you know, it was a hell of a ride. I, I ended up 
couple of years earlier than I wanted to with the concussion thing, but uh, uh, I'm doing fine and, and I'm actually not regretting it at all. I'm enjoying retirement. It's been, uh, you know, it was a great career and uh, a lot of stories and uh, I'm sure uh, Trevor has a few, but, uh, <laughs> we, but I, you know, all those strikes I called you. Come on, you know, it's just nothing personal. <laughs> I know. I have, I have them all listed out here. I want to go over each and every one with you. <laughs> at bat by at bat. I'm sure I got a couple of them right. I'm just saying. <laughs> 32 years is insane. When I think about, you know, doing the baseball life, which you guys, you know, it's not too dissimilar from what we're doing. You know, when we're playing, it's a lot of travel. You're yeah. at the field for a long time. It's a lot of stress every single day and to do that 32 years i mean that's quite the accomplishment well thanks yeah i was i was fortunate i was i was healthy i mean a lot of guys have you know knee problems back problems necks whatever hips uh you know just the the type of of job we do the uh uh, you know quick starts uh, or quick you know stop and start stop and start running around the the, just the trevor's you know the, the the uh travel that we have um, uh, you know, at least a team is home 81 days. Uh, and for example, I live in Portland and my nearest uh, city, obviously is Seattle, 180 miles away. When we combined leagues in 2000, I, I came up in the American league when I was just in the American league, of course, I got to Seattle a lot more because you had less teams, less cities to go to. When we combined, it, it would not be unusual to, you know, even though I'm 180 miles from Seattle, that's kind of my home quote unquote, uh, city, I might get there six games, uh, maybe nine, you know, maybe two or three series the entire, the entire year. And, and so it just shows you that even if you li- even if I lived in one of the big league cities, you're just not there that much. And, and for obvious reasons that teams don't want to see us all the time. They don't, don't want to see teams all the time. <laughs> you, you don't want to be a, a homer or, or, or that kind of thing. And so it's, it's necessary, but it's just, a, it's, 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 I always tell people it's like a second job was, was the travel just, uh, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we didn't have charters and stuff. A lot of times after a night game, we had to go first thing in the morning, um, instead of being able to get, get out of town that night. And, 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 you know, even though you're getting into a city early in the morning, you could crash and, you know, sleep all day or whatever you got to do. But, uh, listen, I'm not complaining. It was, a, it was announced, you know, I had a heck of a run and a great career and I'm happy about it, but yeah, getting back to what you're saying, I've seen some really weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did it, how did it start? Like, how does, uh, how does becoming a major league umpire, like, you know, were you 15 and, and you started umping local games, you know, like a lot of 15 year old boys do like I umpired, I don't know if Trev did, is that the start? And then you're like, Hey, I like I this or. Well, the, the star way I, I grew up in Eugene, Oregon, and uh, it was obvious I was going to be first baseman for the Dodgers. I mean, that's just was obvious. <laughs> so it was going to be that was what's, what was going to happen. But I, as I, as I, you know, grew up and uh, getting a little bit older, I figured out I couldn't, uh, you know, run, hit, field, or throw. And so those are kind of major <laughs> things. You know, I, I found out that's a real detriment uh, to being first baseman for anybody. Um, so yeah, I started umpiring when I was fifteen, and it was it was more of a thing that. Uh, I loved baseball growing up. It was my favorite sport. Um, it was rather obvious I didn't have the talent. Um, and 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 a friend of mine that was about a year older, he said, "Hey, I umpired last summer. Um, check it out. It's you know a good way to stay involved in the game when you're you know 15 years old." And and uh, and of course, you know, I watched the umpires a lot because I was on the bench a lot. I had a lot of time to, to do that. Uh, so. Um, 
so I thought, you know, that sounds kind of fun. And so I, I started doing that when I was 15 and, and I loved it. Uh, it just, it kept me involved in the game, but you know, there's something about officiating in general, because I, I did basketball and football also at the high school level for like uh, 18 years each. But I, every time you walk on the field, you know, Trevor knows that you have, you have no idea what's going to happen that day. I mean, you could have a perfect game. You could have a 22 to 21 marathon. You could have a, a, a 15 inning marathon. I mean, you never know what's going to happen, even though it's this, the game of baseball and you're playing it every day. You really have no idea. So as an official, you walk out there, you have, you have no clue what you're going to see that day, what you're going to have to deal with that day. Some days just are smooth and everybody's happy and it's all unicorns and we just walk away. <laughs> Other days uh, from pitch one, uh, we have discussions. So, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's just one of those things that I, I really, I, I just really enjoyed. So uh, that started when I was 15. When I was 21, I went to umpire school and, and I was in the big leagues by uh, when I was 26. Wow. Damn. Yeah, that's young. You, Is that young you for an any- that's pretty young. Yeah, I, I I was lucky. I I was 21 when I went to umpire school. I only spent uh, five years in the minor leagues, and that's that's sort of, that's a quick shot through the minors. Um, uh, umpires can't skip a league or, or a level, I should say. So you can't go from A ball to Triple A or Double A to the big league, something like that. So you you have to be at every level. I worked two years in the, in the winter ball in the Dominican, which was. Um, very educational on, on many levels. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I, I was lucky. I got through the minor leagues pretty quickly and I, I was uh, 26 when I was hired uh, by the American league. I turned 27 that August during that season. Did, did you ever have a moment when you were young? Cause I know me and Jimmy have talked about this a lot because it was kind of exactly what you said is, is exactly what we did. We, we played some baseball. We weren't good at it. And the first job I thought about doing was like, Oh, umpire it's on the baseball field. Um, you know, I think, I think it was $25 a game. I got Swedish fish and a hot dog. If I called the game, it was, it was my dream position. Um, I, I remember, and I believe Jimmy had a very similar experience that uh, we tapped out pretty quickly because I mean, there's pressure on you. I mean, you've got parents that every, Every parent is assuming that their kid will be that first baseman for the Dodgers that I, I remember. And I'm, I'm a wishy-washy dude that I was I think I did it for a season and I was like, umpiring is not for me. Did you ever have one of those moments or did you kind of just drink it in the whole time and you were like, I, I, I like this? Well, yeah, you, hell, I had some of those moments my last year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, depends who the manager was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, 100 degrees. A day game in St. Louis or something, but um, you know, uh, obviously there, there's times that you know throughout my career, even before I got into professional baseball, I thought, "What am I doing here? You know, <laughs> why am I out here?" Um, but I, I really enjoy. You know, it's like anything. Um, being an umpire is not for everybody. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a um, you you have to have a, a pretty short memory. Um, as far as you know, not only with dealings with players and managers and that, or even you know fans and media, as far as that goes at, at, at times, but you have to have a short memory with yourself. I mean, if I miss a call, and you know, before replay, we didn't have a chance to correct these calls. If, if I miss a call, I can't sit there and think about and stew about that call. I got a bunch of other calls coming up, you know, and I always I always uh, say it like a, like a uh, like a player, you know, if a, a base is loaded, one out in the ninth inning, a shortstop ground ball the shortstop perfect double play ball and it goes through his legs he never does that right 
but it does. And so he can't sit there and stew about that play because guess what? The next one might be coming right at him. And I mean, Trevor knows this uh, as well as anybody. So it's a mental thing that you just have to have a short memory. You have to, I will deal with whatever mistakes I made afterwards when I can watch the video and see what I did. And was it my positioning? Was it my timing? Was it my, you know, this checklist of uh, umpire things that we go through. But, but at the time <laughs> you have to let that go because you got another one coming up. And so uh, it's a very mental game like with the players too. I mean, because you're out there, you know, they're playing a hundred and some games. I mean, you mentally, you have to check in every day. It's crazy. Some, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, sometimes that's easier said than done because you know, you have, you have, you have life in general going on and you're on the road and you know, somebody's sick at home or your, your hotel screwed up the reservation or you're yet you a mechanical on the, you know, I mean, there's all life goes on, but when you walk on the field, no one really cares. It's time to get to work and turn that switch on. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta stay checked in too. I remember watching, you know, a 16 inning game and thinking about the home plate umpire, like he hasn't sat, he doesn't get to take a half inning off and go get drinks from the clubhouse <laughs> or go into the, you know, go take a piss in the bathroom. Like, it, like it was Joe West. I was like, he's been standing <laughs> for six hours locked in on 100 mile per hour, 90 mile per hour pitches, seeing if they go across. I was like, that's, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. So I think, you know, it's very easy for (laughs) casual fans to not understand that that's like a hard job. That's incredibly hard to be honed in on that for that amount of time. Well, my, in 1992 was my longest game behind the plate. Uh, It went six and a half hours, uh, uh, 19 innings. And uh, in, in, it was actually Cleveland at the mistake by the lake. <laughs> it was their home opener, um, April of, of 92. Boston was there. And um, I forget the uh, player. that He had a two-run home run at the top of the 19th to break the tie. And I know it was very unprofessional on my point, but I, I, I did high five when he came by. <laughs> Because I was so happy. <laughs> I, 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 don't th- I, I don't think Cleveland appreciated that. But, you know, I'm just saying. Uh, but, but yeah, you, you know, after about uh, probably the 13th inning or something, I was just numb. My legs were numb. I was, it was almost robotic. I was just coming, going down on each pitch, taking each pitch one at a time and just, just, just surviving, you know, it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's not, I used a line in that game guys that I hoped I would never have to use again the rest of my career. And luckily I, I didn't have to use it. Uh, Mark Witten was a, uh, right fielder for, for Cleveland. I called him out on strikes in the bottom of the 17th <laughs> to, to finish the uh, 17th inning. And he started complaining. I said, Mark, that's a, that's been a strike for 17 innings and it's still a strike. <laughs> now, I, I, I told myself, I hope to God I never have to say that ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. You also, I mean, being an umpire, what scared me away was just like confrontation. I had a, I had a coach. I mean, I was 14 year old, years old, umping nine-year-olds, and they made this new rule that if the, a pitcher overthrew the pickoff, the runner couldn't score, no matter how many errors were made after that. They just <laughs> it couldn't. It wasn't allowed to score from first on an error on a pickoff. Um, and, or no, if you stole second and the overthrow, you weren't allowed, you know, and the a coach came out right. and just started screaming at me. And I'm like, no, like I just did a meeting about this. It's a new rule. They instilled, he ran to his car and uh, grabbed the rule book, started running back towards the field. I'm 14 years old. There's like crowds watching. He gets halfway through. He throws the rule book on the ground, kicks it. And then he never came back to the field because he was so embarrassed. <laughs> and I got uh, an, an apology email the next day. 
And then like a thank you. And I was like, I'm done. Like, I didn't like that at all. Right. Even though right. I was in the right, like, screw that. And yeah. the one story I want to talk about is your, I think your second or third year. So you're probably still young, 28 years old. Billy Martin gets in your face and actually throws dirt I'm, onto you. Yeah. That That's was, incredible. Uh, that was Memorial Day. I was, I, that was actually, I was, that was the last time Billy Martin was ever ejected. It was, it was by me. It was uh, Memorial Day, 1988 in Oakland. Uh, he was with the Yankees. This was uh, obviously Memorial Day. It was Monday. Uh, it was Monday night baseball. ABC used to have Monday night baseball, just like they had Monday night football. And so it was a five o'clock start in Oakland. And they, of course, you know, watered down the infield to keep the dust down or whatever. And uh, um, and so this was in the bottom of the third. Walt Weiss was the, the hitter for Oakland, uh, very first uh, hitter of the, of the inning. He hit a uh, a line drive, low line drive to uh, Bobby Meacham at second base. I was the first base umpire. And there was a question if, if he short hopped it or if he caught the ball. And Rick Reed was, was the umpire second base and from my angle it looked like he short hopped it was very close he could have gone either way rick calls no catch um meacham you know even if even if we were wrong if he just glanced up and saw no catch he could throw weiss out by 30 feet i mean it's it, it, it there's there's really you know he's out <laughs> easy it's not going to be a close play at first but but meacham just you know assumed he caught the ball and and just started throwing it around the horn so okay. so so weiss you know is at first and here we go and uh, and so they're you know yelling at, at Rick, and so here comes Billy out of the first base dugout, and he comes right by me, and he and he said, "You saw him catch the ball," and I said, "No, Billy, I got him trapping it." And so he runs off, and he's talking with Rick, and uh, uh, Rich Garcia was the uh, crew chief; he was uh, at home plate, and and John Hirschbeck was the third base, and you know this was my third year, I was uh, you know twenty eight, and uh, and you know Billy Martin, like a lot of uh, you know managers, they 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 will have a tendency to pick on younger guy on the crew uh out of defense and uh, i used to hate that as a young guy and as a, an older guy i loved it uh but so so they're arguing and i kind of am just drifting over there and so all of a sudden he turns to me and he said you saw him catch them i said no billy he trapped it and he said well you're full of blankety blankety blank and uh so i jacked him uh you know he's he 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 personalized it and uh and i ran him so he immediately started to try to kick some dirt on me and the, <laughs> the, you know this was this was the bottom of the third it, it had been a quick game up to then the the, the the dirt's still damp and so he can't get a good kick going you know he's got he's <laughs> kicking and, and he can't get some dirt going so finally he just bends down and picks it up and just does a a, a chest pass right into my right into my chest um, and, uh, and it, you know, so that was, that was, it. and <laughs> so my parents were in the stands, they had come down, we have some relatives in Northern California, so they had come to the game. I got them tickets and a whole bit, you know, and, you know, my mom was horrified. Uh, she was <laughs> trying to figure out why the hell I didn't go into insurance or something. And then, uh, um, but, uh, Martin was, was, uh, suspended after that, that game ended up going like 14 innings and, uh, apparently, uh, after he was ejected, Billy went back to the clubhouse. He, he had a couple, uh, adult beverages in there, uh, for a couple innings. And then I guess, uh, one of the, uh, attendants said, well, Billy, let's just take you home. Cause it was about the, you know, this game went on forever. And, 
Uh, Tommy John, it was a funny thing that the next day, Tommy John uh, comes into our locker room before the game. He was pitching for the Yankees. He wasn't pitching that day, but uh, Tommy usually came by about once a, a series just to say hello and then real uh, nice guy. And uh, I'm sure probably looking for a few pitches. <laughs> but that's, that's neither, neither here nor there. I mean, Trevor as a hitter is going, well, wait, he did what now? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but but he, the first thing he looked at me, he goes, boy, you really pissed Billy off last night. <laughs> <laughs> me? I wasn't even my call, for God's sake. Um, yeah, that he was suspended. He he came back and managed after the suspension for, I don't know, a, a few weeks. And then and then Steinbrenner fired him, and he never managed again uh, after that. So I was the last umpire to eject Billy Martin. Did you have? Did he ever That's- reach out? Is there any conversations? No, we saw, you know, there's a couple things happened from that that I didn't know about at the time. Uh, I saw him uh, uh, one right right before he got fired. I believe it was in Detroit. And uh, and he didn't say a word to me that, or, you know, nothing really happened that series. But uh, uh, I, I, later on, I don't I don't remember how close it was after this Oakland incident in, in Oakland. But uh, our crew was going to New York and I got a call from the league offices. So, hey, Dale, we're going to uh, switch some guys up. Uh, and instead of going to New York with Garcia, we want you to go to, you know, Detroit or wherever the heck I was going uh, to switch with uh, somebody else. I said, OK. And, and, you know, that happens. And I, I really didn't think much about it. Well, we found out later in the in the uh, season. And, you know, you got to remember this 1988. This is no uh, we didn't have email and and, uh, you know, all this stuff. Somebody actually wrote a letter to the American League office saying if Dale Scott uh, ever comes to New York, he's leaving in a body bag. Uh, Because of, and I didn't know about this. The league got this letter. uh, It was because I threw out Billy Martin. And so they had switched me from my my next New York trip. Unbeknownst to me, that's why they switched me. They told me later on uh, that uh, that was the the reason, which, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, but still, you know, you think about it a little bit. I think it was Billy writing the letter with his left hand. <laughs> well, it, 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 yeah. very, well, very well could have been. <laughs> That's crazy. Dale, I got, I got a question for you. What do you got? So, you know, I played for a manager that loved the theatrics of arguing and getting thrown out in Ron Gartenhire. Yeah. You know, yeah. he, there were times where I'm sure, you know, I mean, it was a premeditated thing, whether he wanted to get the crowd into it, he wanted to pump our team up. Or if he was just frustrated and, like you said, wanted to grab a few adult beverages. <laughs> you know, there was a few times where I knew going out there, he knew he was going to go get ejected and it would always start out slowly and then he would pick up. How many times did you know a guy was coming out to get thrown out, to get rung, and you just let him go on and go on and go on? Because I know there are times where umpires are like, I don't want to throw you out because that's what you want. And then I got to go write some paperwork after this game. I don't want to do that. Like, what, what's what's the line that a manager has to cross? Where you're like, all right, fine, like get out of here. Well, the, you know, it, it's funny, Trevor, because you're absolutely right. Sometimes they're coming out; they are just really, genuinely pissed off. Mm-hmm. There's other times they're coming out; they're just defending their player. They're just trying to get their player from being ejected or, you know get him away sometimes they're coming out to fire up the team they're just they they want to you know or the or the crowd just to get them get things going and other you know i, I mean i've had some great argument I, I i have said in the past it, when 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 a guy is 
Um, obvious, you know, if a guy wants to get run, he knows what he can say or do. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, if the automatic stuff and I've had a couple of times I come out, uh, you know, going round and round and really not saying the stuff to get run, but we're not going anywhere. And finally, I go, <laughs> you know, do you want to get run? Well, I don't know. What am I supposed to I go? Well, I, if I got to stay here and watch this, you do too, you know, and, I, and, yeah. and, 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 and we'll get a kind of kick out of that. I had a, a, a funny story, uh, Terry Collins, when he was managing the, the angels back in the nineties, uh, we were in Anaheim and I was at second base and, 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 uh, Toronto was there. And after like three innings, Toronto's up 10 or excuse me, the angels are up like 10, nothing. Um, so now we, we fast forward to about the seventh and it's 10 to nine. So it's a fabulous game going on. And, <laughs> and so I've got, there's nobody, there's nobody on and I've got a, a, a call out in, in center field. Uh, spectator interference is it spectator interference or is it a home run? You know, one of those things, and of course, this is way before replay and all that stuff. So, I called uh, uh, spectator interference, I, I, it was an angel player that hit it, and, and of course, they wanted the home run. So, here comes Terry running out, and and I'm you know, I had gone out on the ball, so I'm I'm out in center field, so we kind of meet in, in shallow center, and I'm you know, it's 10 to 9, it's the seventh inning. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, they had a 10 nothing. He's, he's going to be pissed. He came out and I said, Terry, I said, Terry, Terry. He reached below the fence line. He goes, I don't give a shit. I'm here. He, he, he said, he, he said, he said, we suck. We, we have, we have a 10 nothing lead and now it's 10 to nine. And we saw, and I'm, I'm trying not to laugh now, you know, because I'm not expecting this. And, and I had Terry in, in winter ball in the Dominican. Terry was a good guy. I mean, he got, he was fire guy and stuff, but with, with umpires, you know, I got along with him. I've run him, but I got along with him. But uh, so, so he goes, he goes, I can't believe, I can't believe how much we said. And now it looks like he's chewing me a good one. Right. Um, and, and I said, he goes, he goes, you know what, you know what? I'm sick of it. I'm sick. you got to run me. You're going to have to just run me. And I said, well, I said, well, Terry, you know what you know you're gonna do something to get ready oh you want me to do something to get ready and he grabs his hat and he throws his hat about 10 feet and i said okay that'll do it so i checked him and he goes he goes i can't believe how we suck and he's in and he's just the theatrics is great and finally he goes you know what you know what what really really sucks is i get to leave and you have to sit here and watch this shit <laughs> and, and away and away he went and i just went you know trying not oh, to that's... laugh you know. and the in minnesota once it was actually in oakland but he had the same type of thing where he you know uh but it, it you know but there's other times i've misjudged i thought a guy was maybe trying to fire the guys no no he was really really pissed <laughs> 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 and so you got to kind of judge that and you know uh, gardenhauer it's funny you should bring ron up you know when he coached third base for a long time the nicest guy would chat with you when you're at third, you know, always say hello, you know, and, and actually his manager too. He always said hello and he was always, you know, very personal, but I mean, it would go off in a heartbeat. He would, <laughs> he, would he would, he would explode. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I think I ran Ron a couple times, you know, and, and, and the, the thing about, I liked about him, at least with me, for sure. He, he just, the next day was a new day. He, he didn't necessarily, hold some big huge grudge or anything it, it, it you know it was it was over with and let's move on it's another it's another you know and, and, and one thing that we learned a double header and you had a big shit house the first game every game's a new game and that's you have to bring that into that 
Uh, now, now you know certain players may ha- or managers may have kind of a rap sheet because they get run a lot or they they complain a lot. So you understand who you're dealing with. If if you have a guy that hardly ever says a word and then he questions you on a pitch, you kind of go, huh? Well, maybe I <laughs> maybe I screwed that up. But when you have a guy that 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 moans all the time, you know, you take it with a grain of salt because sure. it's like you know, it's like crying wolf. After a while, it's just like you know, it doesn't really matter what I call. You're not going to like it, you know. So, I got a few guys that I could think of that did that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Paul O'Neill was hilarious with the Yankees. I, I swear, Paul, he would always have something to say about a pitch. I, I mean, every game you could not, you know, escape without Paul having a discussion about at least one. I once got in an argument with Paul. He fouled it off and said, was that a good pitch? I said, yes. He goes, no, it wasn't. I'm going, what, <laughs> what, what, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> you know? But, that's the but, Yankees, man. They're so <laughs> entitled, those Yankees. Well, that's a whole nother uh, segment. But yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> but, but I, I remember I we were we had a we had a Saturday day game in Cleveland, and I had the plate and and with the Yankees there. And the next day, I'm at third base Sunday afternoon. There was a there was a pitching change, so there there was a, a timeout on the field. And Paul's at third base. I go, hey Paul, hey Paul. And he looks back, and I go, hey. He goes, hey Dale. I go, hey Paul. Hell froze over, and he goes. <laughs> What are, you, what are you talking about? I said, I had the plate yesterday and you didn't complain about a pitch. I said, I think hell is frozen over. <laughs> he That's said, yeah, good. yeah, you're right. I think it has. <laughs> That's funny. That's it's funny you talk about Garden Hire like at third base and him having to kind of be a good guy at that time. Because that's kind of what happens. You know, I'm talking to a home plate umpire and I have something to say to him. I know that the next day you were going to be right next to me at third base. So I had to watch myself. I didn't want to piss any umpires off too badly because then I had to deal with you guys the next day. So I think that I never got wrong in the, in the big leagues. And I think you never got ejected. No. And I think that was a big reason why is I knew I had to, you know, talk to you guys. And, and the funny thing is like, I'm so glad that you're on our show right now because people don't see, you know, don't get to see umpires personalities and don't understand like, we're all in this together. We're all out here right. trying to like just produce a really well played and umpired baseball game. That's it. Right. Right. And sometimes shit happens, right. but uh, you know, to understand like you guys are just trying to do your job the best you can, just like everybody else on the field, people need to see that more. And I'm glad that like, like you're here. And I feel like, you know, the umpires as a union or an organization might need to do that a little more. Like, present day umpires i think it will really do well for the brand a little little pr maybe a little yeah or something like that yeah you know that's just exactly right too i mean uh, we're all professionals out there and and you've got a job to do and the other team's got a job to do and we've got a job to do and sometimes in doing my job it conflicts with your job Mm -hmm. (laughs) and 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 it just happens the nature of the game and you know a lot of a lot of people you know fans or whatever that they just they think that that we're just out to get guys or out to get teams mm-hmm. or something. And, and, and I know there are certain situations that do not look good, <laughs> uh, you know, but, but I never, you know, I never sit there and think uh, uh, so-and-so uh, really bitched at me on, on my last, on his last at bat. So I'm just going to screw him next time. He comes. I, I mean, you, you just, you, you can't, that just doesn't, you can't do that. And, and especially, especially now that, technology and now i'm not saying i'm not saying back in the old days uh, you know they'll, they'll, they'll 
me, the catcher, hey, good outside. I'll, I'll, I'll teach this guy that, you know, to tell, you know, pitch your but, but, but this was back when we, when, you know, now every pitch we call, every ball, every strike is, is, is uh, scrutinized, not only scrutinized, but it's evaluated. And, and, you know, if we miss X amount of pitches or this or that. And, and, and so it's just, even though you may uh, irritate the hell out of me <laughs> with, 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 with uh, you know, an argument or whatever, uh, you, you don't have this mindset, well, I'm going to do that. You're just trying to do a job. I'm just trying to get pitches right. I'm trying to get plays right. And most of the time I do, sometimes I don't, and we need to all move on. It's just, it's, it's, it, 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 obviously if I, you know, I miss a, a strike three in the bottom of the second with nobody on and two outs, it's not nearly as big as I do that same thing in the bottom of the eighth with the tie and run at second or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal then. So there's all, a lot of times there's situational uh, calls that aren't really that well, sometimes and other times it's like you, you know, you, you, you set somebody's house on fire. So, um, you know, so, you know, but, but, but you're right. Uh, you know, we, we're, we're just, we're just trying to do our job just like you guys. And sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, we, we butt heads a little bit. I, I want to talk about the, the personalities a little bit, just like you guys were saying, and it, it's kind of what we're trying to do here. I mean, baseball has these guys with personalities. I know we've been going back in memory lane to spring training like this year, and we've just been dreaming about it because it seems so long ago. But I'm we're, we walked around twin spring training, and, I mean, you see Burt Blylevin, and he's got a story for everything. Uh, Dan, Dan Gladden, I mean, it, it was just good times. And I, I want to talk about that with you because, like you said, I mean, I'm sure you get a lot of pitchers sucking up to you a little bit. Um, you know, the smart hitters are probably sucking up a little bit. Or, like you mentioned with Paul O'Neill, you got those guys that are going to fight for, for every call. I want to talk about either you, – you see it with the catchers a lot if you're calling a game from home plate, but third baseman and first baseman too. Who were the guys that you were when, – when you were out there that were playing that you were like, man, I'm going to have some either great conversations at third base today or me and this catcher, we, we talk about everything all day. We just have a good time back there. Who, who were your guys that when you went out there, you're like, these guys are the best? Well, you know, so, I mean, it's just like anything. Some guys are talkers uh, and they – that relaxes them or, or, you know, or whatever it's same with umpires. Some are much more talkers than others. Um, I, I wasn't a huge talker. Um, I didn't mind a, you know, little running conversation here and there, but uh, I just, I'm just, that's not my makeup when I, when I'm working like that, but there were some guys, uh, uh, Bob Guerin, when he caught, um, uh, would never shut up. I mean, he just, <laughs> just I mean, to the hitter, to the umpire, to the ball boy, uh, somebody brings up, Got water. We'll have conversation. Uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 it's. <laughs> one time, I worked with Rich Garcia several several seasons. Uh, you know, early in my career, and and uh, you know, one time uh, Garcia's working the plate, and he finally <laughs> after the game, he told us he goes he goes about the third inning. I said, "Buck, just shut the hell up. I'm trying to work here." <laughs> he said, "You just don't stop talking." Uh, but you know, like at first and third, there was there was some guys that that. Uh, you could barely get a word out of uh, out of them, and, and other guys uh, again that they just have a continual conversation. Uh, 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 Casey, uh, the Reds at first. I mean, the guy just talked, talked, <laughs> yes. you know, he, you know, he's, he's like, still talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he is. Um, <laughs> uh, but then you get uh, uh, somebody like uh, uh, I'm trying to think, Paul. He was with the Diamondbacks. Big, big uh, Goldschmidt. 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 Uh, I mean, uh, if you, hey, Paul. <laughs> you might you might you, you might get a high and he's he's not like he's a bad person he just he's just not a 
talker. He at yeah. least at least with us, he's not. You know, so uh, yeah, it's a game of personalities. You know, I I I, I can have on my crew uh, somebody that, for example, a, a certain manager manager uh, a guy on my crew loves. You know, they get along great, and I can't. Him and I are, are like oil and water. Uh, you know, and and then, or vice versa, or or um, you know, a, a guy that's a you know known to be a pretty jovial. Uh, even-tempered dude, but with one or two certain umpires, they go batshit crazy. Yeah. You know, they for whatever they they knew him in the minor leagues, or they had something that happened, and 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 there's there's that thing. So it's like it's a it's a it's a game of personalities. And then with umpires, the thing is, is I you know I might you know if Trevor's pissed off at me about something, I might handle him completely different than somebody on my crew would handle him in the same situation. We both get the same results if you know we we calm it down, and but we do it maybe completely different ways. And and that's because of our, our own personalities, and 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 then of course whatever uh, you know on field relationships we may have with with a certain player. So you know uh, you know it, it's it's there's no one's uh, uh, a correct answer on how to handle a situation or how to handle a, a, a certain player or manager because there's several tools in the toolbox. Sometimes I use tools that I said, I will never use that tool again. That didn't work. <laughs> that did not work at all. Um, but but you learn from that and you move on. Uh, who's the guy that, um, you know, you have this awesome perspective that not many people get when you're behind the dish and you're seeing these pitches come in. The best of the best throwing the ball, you know, a zillion miles an hour. Who's the guy that you're like, you remember, you think back, that guy had the best stuff I ever saw? Well, Mariano um, would come in, you know, the ninth inning and he, he – you know, his, his ball moved. I mean, it was right-handed hitter. That ball was inside, inside his, and it just come, you know, hit that inside. I mean, he, he was uh, remarkable. Some of the, some of the, uh, just some of the location and, 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 and skill that he had. I, I'll tell you the, 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 I, I worked behind the plate two no hitters in my career. Um, and one of them, the, the winter after that season, they said it wasn't a no hitter because he only pitched eight innings. It was a lot. Andy Hawkins for the Yankees threw eight innings in Chicago, old Comiskey Park at the last last year at Comiskey and lost uh, to the uh, White Sox. The White Sox scored 200 runs and uh, two or 300 runs at the bottom of the eighth. Hawkins, uh, you know, the Yankees came up the ninth. They didn't score and the game was over. So Hawkins had a no hit loss. But they said after that you have to you have to pitch nine innings. He only pitched eight. The other the other one that is still on the books uh, is uh, Scott Erickson of, of the Twins. The, he no hit uh, uh, Milwaukee in the Metrodome uh, in '94. But, but the 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 you know and I saw some unbelievable pitchers. But the the nastiest stuff I ever saw ended up not being a no hitter. But it was Randy Johnson with the Mariners. Oh yeah, uh, in Oakland he had a perfect game into the ninth inning. He lost it on a three-two pitch that, thank God, was not close. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and then in the and then in the ninth inning, in the bottom of the ninth, he gave up uh, a single to Lance Blankenship, a uh, uh, infielder for the A's, uh, and it was it certainly wasn't a rope, uh, but he but it, it, it got over the heads of the, the head of the second baseman for a for a base hit. But that was that was. That was in the ninth inning, but th- this guy was unhittable. I mean, the, the hitters that game going up to that point were walking away just shaking their head. And they, you know, I mean, they they just he was he was filthy mean, and it, you know, and, and Randy could be pretty tough anyway. But but that day he was like, <laughs> you know, wow. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> you, you see, you know, I, I, I remember seeing uh, certain catchers, you know, Pudge Rodriguez is one of them. I mean, that guy, he came up with the Yankees and he, it, he would throw to any base at any time. It didn't matter. This game situation didn't matter anything. It, it, he was fearless at, at, at uh, throwing and trying to pick a runner off and was very successful. A lot of times he was amazing. Uh, how how good he was when he first came up and when you were on the bases a lot of times uh, uh you know i had third base and i and i think <laughs> i got pudge if i got a runner at third you got to be ready i mean you got to be ready every yeah. you know because he will whip that that thing down there and and you got to you got to be in position so i mean so yeah i saw a ton of talented guys both uh uh you know offensively and defensively throughout my career i've worked a a, a bunch of hall of fame pitchers and I mean, the nastiest I think I ever saw Nolan Ryan, and I and I had uh, I worked Nolan. Oh gosh, I I'm I, I probably worked behind the plane, maybe I don't know ten times. I don't know, but it, many times. But uh, before he retired, but he uh, the, one of the best pitching performers I ever saw him do was it was in a Baltimore where his 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 fastball was was commanding stuff, but he he was his his changeup and it, and his all his off speed stuff was working. So guys were up there going, I don't know what's coming, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they, they were and 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 they were just they had, he had the timing of, of those hitters off uh, so much that game because he because everything was working, everything was hitting and. And you know, a, a pitcher doesn't, have, and, and Trevor, you know, he doesn't have to necessarily have to have power. He has to have, you know, location, hit his spots, uh, you know, uh, change up the timing, and he can be, you know, masterful out there. Yes. So it, it, it's just it's a uh, baseball's <laughs> telling you guys nothing that you already know, don't already know. But baseball's an amazing game because you can you can go out and be three for four, four for four, and on top of the world next day it looks like you've never had a bat in your hand you know and, and, oh, yeah. and you know it's so humbling and it's the same way with with umpires i you know i've gone out and i've had i've had you know two or three or four plate jobs in a row where i man i just nailed i was seeing the ball look like a beach ball i was just i was things were working and all of a sudden you go out there one day and you're doing the same thing and it the ball is a golf ball <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> you know you, you're not picking it up in the background or something and, and all of a sudden you're trying it's like what happened i'm doing the same thing you know i thought i was doing the same thing i've been there yeah yeah <laughs> you got uh i mean we're talking about all the players but you also got to ump a lot of like big games you have three world series and i think three all-star games I want to ask about some of them, but first, how does that selection process wor- work for those that don't know? And how, how do you find out like you got an all-star game? How late until it, you do find out? Well, the process is easy. They just have a dartboard and they throw it. All-star game, we usually find out that's uh, July. We probably find out about the 1st of June. Um, so you got a little bit of a leeway, uh, you know, leeway on that. The the playoffs uh, you don't find out until the the Saturday, the second to last Saturday of the season. So uh, the the weekend before the last weekend is when they will announce the wild card and divisional series umpire crews. The Saturday of the end of the season, the last weekend of the season, they'll announce the uh, league championship uh, crews, and then when all the division series are over. Out of that pool of uh, 24 guys that worked in the division series, seven of them will be uh, 
working the World Series, but they don't announce that until after every division series uh, is over. So basically, you have about a 10, for the playoffs like that, you have about a 10-day, give or take, uh, uh, before, you know, before the event starts. So not, not, a, not a lot of time. It, it, it didn't used to be that way. Uh, that started in the 2000 contract. I remember my first World Series uh, was in 1998. And, and back then, uh, by contract, by our contract, we had to have all our postseason, of course, uh, well, all of postseason had to be announced by uh, September 10th. So I was in Toronto and I got a phone call and, and it, it was September 10th. And it said, hey, uh, congratulate. It was my first World Series. You're, you're working the World Series. And of course, you have no idea who's going to be in it or any, any of that stuff. Um, and, uh, and I was thrilled and, and excited and, and all that. The next day I went out and worked the plate and I ran three guys. I ran both managers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ran both managers and a pitcher off the mound. And, uh, <laughs> it was, you know, a fun day. <laughs> and so, um, uh, Marty Springsteen, the uh, director of umpires for American League, and he called me the next day and he goes, and I don't know if. Uh, Trevor, I don't know if you ever met Marty, but he, Marty was a great guy. Yeah. guy kind of talked like this. And he said, he said, Scotty, Scotty, Marty Springsteen. He goes, uh, I said, you got the World Series. Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, was like, it was like, you get the the, this, this, the best news that you can get, that, you're, that you've been assigned your first World Series, and the next day you run three guys. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you so you have about a 10-day uh, window on, on the playoffs. Uh, the All-Star game, you have it about uh, – usually about 30 days. I want to talk about the 2001 World Series. I mean, it's after 9-11, the Yankees and Diamondbacks, and Bush is throwing out the first pitch, which there's so much, there's been so much retelling of that story and a secret serviceman dressed as an umpire, I believe. What yeah. was what was that whole environment and that series like? Well, I tell you what, that was, that whole thing was incredible. Um, and, you know, at game three, uh, the first game in Yankee Stadium, the president was coming. I had the plate that game. That was yeah. my plate game. Uh, so, so lucky me. Um, and so, <laughs> because you know, you know, in the postseason, it's 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 hilarious. Uh, these locker rooms suddenly have all these people in it that you don't even know who they are. I mean, these are front office people from MLB. There's the television people. There's security people. It's like who are all these people? Yeah, you know that that show up. And and so you have a lot of kind of just distractions that you don't normally have in your in your in your normal routine plus oh by the way you're getting ready to uh to umpire a, a, you know behind the plate in a in a world series game at yankee stadium so hey stay hot so yeah, <laughs> so, so, so you so you have all this going on well now now add to that we're at the president jimmy joyce and i were, we were on the crew that, that year and we got at the stadium really early because we knew of security and everything and to show you how how insane security was there uh, right after 9-11. At Old Yankee Stadium, we used to walk in to the press gate. There would be a guard there. They'd, we'd go down these stairs. At the bottom of the stairs would be a guard. There'd be a long hallway and then a, another long hallway. There's a guard there. Then you walk right by the Yankee clubhouse. And then and then just a little bit farther is our clubhouse. And there's a, there's a guard there. On that, not that day, but all three games at Yankee Stadium for that World Series, there was a guard at the press gate. There was a guard at the bottom of the stairs. The long hallway, there was a guard about every 15 feet. 
the other long hallway, there's another guard, you know, stationed about every 15 feet. In front wow. of the Yankee clubhouse, there was a Italian. <laughs> and then, and then uh, in front of in front of our uh, uh, room was a uh, was a guard, was a couple guards. It was just the the screw the uh, security was insane. We walk in and there's a there's a gentleman sitting there and, he, and we have no idea who he is and uh, and our clubhouse guy and the gentleman goes uh, hi I'm so and so Secret Service he goes I'll uh, I'll be going on the field with you guys in an umpire uniform. And we said, oh, okay. And this guy, so we, we, we saw this guy dress. I, I, I said, well, you must've seen our work then. <laughs> you know, we, have to, we, have, we have to have security come out with it. Uh, but no, but he, he had a, he had a, a bulletproof vest. He had, he, he had this all underneath the, uh, uh, Mark Hirschbeck was on the crew and Mark was the guy that stayed in the tunnel. So only six of us would walk out as umpires and and uh, the secret service guy was was wearing a, a, one of his pullovers but he had a he had a, a he had a, a you know bulletproof vest he had a a gun underneath that he had a sidearm he had he had cuffs he had a i mean he you know he had a the earpiece i mean this guy was wired was wired up and and yeah it's exactly what they did they That's they, crazy. they they had a they had a, a a fake umpire secret service guy they had two secret service guys in uh yankee um groundskeeper uniforms that were on the field um wow. you know the, the president went to the mound with uh you know he had the coat over he, he had a, a a bulletproof vest on and of course you know this whole time is you know, hours like three and a half hours before game time uh everyone you know and the other guys were coming in and we're all there and 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 the secret service guy would, he had the earpiece and you go Oh, the president has just left uh, Washington D.C. We said, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> you know, and then, you know, and then the pre- and we didn't know if he was going to stop by our room or not. Uh, the the first pitch was approximately eight twenty, eight twenty five, something like that. Um, and and then about about seven forty or so, he goes, "The president will be here at seven fifty eight." We said, oh, "Okay," <laughs> you know, <laughs> and. Uh, and so it's a funny story if you have time. Um, the Yankee uh, Stadium Clubhouse, our, our clubhouse, you, there's just one door to walk in. It was a, a rectangular room with our lockers and stuff. Right across the opposite of the room you let, you walk in, there's an opening. You go through there, the showers to the right, the bathrooms to the left. So, um, you know, we're all in there getting ready. I go in to, you know, use the facilities. And all of a sudden I heard kind of a commotion going on i go he must have arrived and when he when he gets there of course he has this whole contingent of, of secret service and and when they walk in one of the guys immediately goes just to the opposite side to that doorway just to see what's there you know and so uh, i'm i've got my back to him as i'm standing at a urinal doing my thing and he go, and he goes you have a visitor and i look back and i said oh yeah i'll be right there <laughs> just just kind of standing here you know and um oh, it, you know wash my hands and stuff and i come out so i'm the last guy to meet the president because he's come by and he said hello to everybody now george w bush i knew before he was governor he he sat right by the ranger uh dugout uh right. with the rangers right right by the the ball boy i remember going over like between between innings when it was a million degrees in the, in, uh, in Arlington and I, the ball boy was out doing something and I would just grab a couple balls in between innings. I'm sweating and he go, uh, Hey, uh, looks like you're sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it is Texas in July, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, nice, nice guy. Uh, 
So I come out and I, 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 I'm, you know, drying my hands to make sure everybody knows I'm drying my hands. And uh, uh, I, uh, I said, uh, Mr. President, uh, Dale Scott, he goes, Dale, yes. He goes, I remember you. You're the guy that sweats all the time. at <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. That, that is me. <laughs> but, That's funny. Yeah. That's so, so, yeah, there was all kinds of security that game. And, it was, and that series was unbelievable. I think it might have been the only time ever that um, – uh, non-Yankee fans were kind of Yankee fans, you know, mm -hmm. for that for that World Series, yeah. just be, just because of the situation. Yeah, uh, I mean that's wild. And then you had the '98 when uh, 2004 as well. Those weren't as exciting as the 2001 World Series, but that was a front. No, I, yeah, yeah, that was a seven game, and, and with the situation, and everything. I had a four game sweep in '98, and then the four game sweep in in two in 2000. Uh, four and that was that was of course the, the the Red Sox after beating the Yankees four in a row, and then went in and swept the Cardinals to to end the curse. So that was a kind of a big deal. The the, the final game though was in St. Louis. If it had been in Boston, I'm sure it would have been quite insane. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know two two sweeps and a and a seven gamer and 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 that was my World Series uh, you know experience. That's a good now one. we we. I, I like asking uh, when we when we talk to some of the players, it's kind of the the when does it sink in moment. The the you know you we talked to Brian Dozier from the Nationals and from this year, and it's you know when 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 does it come through your head like wow we just won the World Series in seven games like all the road games so many special moments in this sport. You guys again, it, it, it's it's a really interesting perspective because that 2001 World Series. I mean, you watch the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> walk off a of Mariano Rivera in yeah. Game Seven. Do you guys go back to the umpire room and are you guys all just looking at each other like that's well, incredible? Like when when's that like kind of <laughs> moment for you guys where it's like, damn, that's awesome. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, it for for us, at least certainly for me, it, it's awesome when it's over and you survived it without any controversy. <laughs> that's when it's awesome, because you, you obviously you understand what's happening. You're you are uh, thrilled and humbled to be uh, have been chosen to, to, to work such an event. And, you know, uh, you, you, you know, it's it, it. people say, well, did you have fun? Well, you had fun, but the part of that fun was the, was the fact that you didn't screw something up really bad. You know, <laughs> I mean, because you look at you look at uh, 85 and, and Don Denkinger, uh, you know, Don in, in St. Louis. I mean, the, the man was an outstanding umpire, had an unbelievable career. And that's really all they think about uh, when you hear Don Denkinger is, is that one play that he missed in the World Series. And, and it was, you know. That's that's just that's that's part of this job is sometimes you're in a situation and it just happens and you just have to you just got to deal with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's when we, that particular game. I mean, let's face it. The Yankees go up. Rivera comes in. There's no way Arizona's going to win this game. I mean, you know, the, by, by the stats, Mariano just doesn't give up, uh, you know, doesn't blow saves. I mean, it just doesn't happen. And and. As it turns out, boom, 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 and and it's over. In fact, the the, the game winning hit, which is just just over uh, an in, uh, uh, drawn in infield, I'm in that highlight every time because I'm the second base umpire. And uh, <laughs> they're going to show that forever. That's amazing. That's, show that forever. Yeah. yeah, I'm just glad I didn't call infield fly, but I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wish you did. We are Yankee fans. You, I wish you, you did. You talked uh, about yeah. you talked about like one moment kind of defining people's careers obviously it goes both ways billy buckner had his 
you know, excellent career defined by an error, which is ridiculous. Um, This has been in the news recently with uh, Armando Galarraga and his perfect game, who the umpire who missed the call was Jim Joyce, who if anybody followed baseball or, you know, if you played, you know, Jim is a phenomenal umpire. Right. And right. had the respect of everybody in the game, and it's just a call that he missed. And now this is coming back, and they're saying, or at least Armando saying, I'd really <laughs> like to be recognized for a perfect game. Right. You know, financially for him, I think it it hurt him because you know you could play that into some endorsement deals, whatever, whatever. Sure. sure. How do you? Because I haven't even had time to formulate an opinion on this, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do yeah. you, how do you feel about that? Do you do you think it'd be right for MLB to retroactively go back and say, yeah, that was a perfect game? Well, I think that's a real slippery slope um, if they do that. Now, this this is a situation that, you know, this is an umpire nightmare. I mean, yeah. you can't you cannot come up with it. I mean, you know, we've all blown calls, especially calls maybe in big situations. This is a script that a producer in Hollywood would say that can't happen. That would yes. never happen. I mean, 26 outs, the 27th out, the pitcher covering and he missed it. You know, and 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 that night I happened to be in Seattle, so I was a couple or three hours, uh, you know, behind, and so I was just getting to the ballpark in Seattle, walk, literally walking in the concourse, going to our room, and I went by. I always walk by the Mariner Clubhouse, and the guard that sits out there has a has a TV there, and I'm as I'm walking by, I see there's something happening, but I'm not really sure, you know, what the whole thing is, but I could tell there's shots of Jimmy, and I thought, okay, this is isn't good and he's having to show an umpire that's probably not good yeah uh, and so um i get into our locker room immediately turn on and i see what happened and i'm just I'm, i felt so bad you know jimmy he lives eight miles from me uh here in portland in beaverton oregon um good friend of mine i've known him forever and and i felt you know i felt so horribly bad for him uh because it's just an umpire nightmare um now to to address what you're what you're saying you're absolutely right jimmy joyce one of the most respected umpires that, that that's come, you know, that's ever yes. been on the, on the field. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. You can talk to Jimmy. He's not going to bite your head off. He's, he, you know, I mean, he, he's, he's a, he's a guy that you want on the field. And if that, if that play, if that exact same thing had happened with a really young umpire or with a guy that has had some challenges in his career, uh, uh, especially a young umpire, it could ruin you. I mean, it could, yeah. it could literally ruin you. You're, you're confident. This could be so shot that it would be a real tough road to get back uh, because that's all you're going to be remembered for. In a in a way, it was good it happened to Jimmy of all people just because of who he is. Um, but I'm not sure, you know. And, and this is a situation where you really could say it wasn't a an out in the seventh inning or, or something. It was one in the ninth inning. In fact, that's it was what the I last just, out of the ninth. Uh-huh. Inning. Yeah, that's what I think is. It, it makes it different from so many other slippery slopes. Because it's, yeah. it's really happened. And, and Trev, I don't know if you know this, but Jim Joyce also wants it changed. He's right, petitioned right. for it to get changed yeah, on I'm behalf sure. of him for a while. Even, uh, even, even that night, I remember um, people talking, and all they could say is, oh, that was Jim out there? You yeah. know, like they felt so bad for him because he was so widely respected throughout right. the league. And like you're saying, if this is like a younger guy who maybe didn't have that sort of reputation, it's a totally different story but i just remember people being like man like that can't be that was jim joyce yeah yeah and and and, you know trevor you know i mean there may be umpires you necessarily didn't necessarily get along with but you you understood 
they had a good work ethic and they they mm-hmm. they, they weren't slackers they weren't you know whatever i mean it, and, and jimmy was that guy i mean jimmy jimmy's and, and so and i've told this to jimmy i said jimmy i know it's a backhanded compliment but luckily it was you because yeah. you know and there's a there's a select few that it could have been where people would say gosh you know it's awful but uh, you know this is a guy that we 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 you know we trust as as, as a good umpire but but uh, you know it could ru- it could have absolutely ruined some somebody other you know uh, to to answer the question though okay, should you retroactively do this this is the one situation where you really you really could i mean in fact this call is what really fast uh, tracked the uh, replay yeah uh, you know to, to correct obvious errors and, and this was not only an obvious error error but it's obvious error that that was going to be the last out of a perfect game um i i i i understand the sentiment and wanting to change it and i i'm kind of that way myself but i i I just i hate to open up a can of worms with something down the road uh well if you did that can you do this can you do that i'm just not sure if they want to go that way but if there is ever a time where you could retroactively do something this would be one of them yeah i agree with that uh, I know Trev wanted to ask, and, and we've kept you a long time, but uh, I, in an interview, you stated that the most exciting game that you uh, umped was not World Series, not All-Star, not a no-hitter, but the 2015 Divisional Series with the Rangers and the Blue Jays. What uh, a game. And and yeah. also, you were also umping the Blue Jays-Rangers game the following season when Odor punches Batista <laughs> in the face, which to me just blows my mind that it's you were at both events, so you know, like you were a first-hand, yeah. and you were the second-base umpire for the fight. I mean, so I just need to hear. <laughs> no, I was, I was I was the first-base umpire for the fight. Okay, first-base umpire. Um, uh, but, but, yeah, it was, you know, first of all, they, that playoff game in Toronto in 2015, game five, uh, you know, I've got the plate. Uh, obviously, this it's it's you know this is this is for everything to to advance. If if they if somebody had told me right before I left, I got the equipment on, about ready to go out, and they said, "Hey, by the way, um, you're going to have a rule you've never seen. You're going to have a, a protest that you've never had a protest <laughs> ever. You're going to have uh, two ejections. You're going to have several uh, bench clearings, uh, both players after each other, and also the fans are going to throw a bunch of shit on the field. Go get them." <laughs> <laughs> I, I I might have said, you know what? I might retire right now. I think I could. Dude, Tor- uh, <laughs> Toronto, especially. I mean, Toronto and a regular season game on a weekend, fans are rowdy. Then you put you add in the playoff game. <laughs> it, well, a couple of my uh, crewmates they said, I thought you know these Canadians are always really, really friendly and stuff. I said, these are hockey fans. Yes. Yes. <laughs> these are, these are hockey fans that have been drinking a long time. They are not friendly in Toronto. <laughs> they are not. But it, you know, I mean, unbelievable game, unbelievable inning. That seventh inning was an hour long or so and, 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 and had everything, you know, the next year we get our schedule and and I know they're only going to play twice, once in Toronto, once in, in uh, Texas. I look down, I go, I'll be dipped. We, <laughs> I said, we, got, <laughs> we, we got. have got the, the, the Toronto at Texas after they go to Toronto. So this is the last three games of the season they're going to be playing, and it's in May. And, uh, and so I thought, well, guys, strap it on. Um, you get, you put on the, uh, the ride helmets because here we go. And I, you know, and I, but, but I thought, 
you know what? They go to Toronto like like ten days, two weeks before this. Maybe they'll just duke it out up there, get it out of their system, and then we can you know move on. And it, it was crickets up there. It was crickets the first two games of this three game series. It basically was crickets till about the seventh, eighth inning, whatever that what that incident was. And then it was one of well one of the, I've I've had two unbelievably good baseball brawls, and that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times they come out and they, you know, it's it's a lot of talking and, and pushing and shoving or whatever. But but I, I had one in, in old Milwaukee County Stadium uh, that was a brawl. We we ran like ten guys. It was it was insane. <laughs> and then and then uh, and then this one in, in Texas, which was you know crazy. I mean, uh, <laughs> Gibbons Gibbons had already been ejected uh, for Toronto uh, over pitches with with uh, Danny Isonio at the plate and. And uh, he comes out of the, the clubhouse when this, when this comes out. And we had we had Jeff, uh, you know, John and Jeff, the two managers, uh, uh, Bannister and Gibbons. Just, just we had to separate that. I mean, it was it was it was it was it was insane. And and, and of course, I'm trying to remember how many people we ran that one. We we got we got several. Uh, yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. And it was a getaway game, and we had to do a report, and we were not happy. Did you <laughs> did you get a what was your view of because this is one of the most iconic moments in the, the last couple of decades for hitters, at least. What was your view of the Joey Bautista bat throw toss? You Were know, you watching it, the ball, or did you did you see it? I did. I um, because right, right when he hit it, it was like okay, that's like in Saskatchewan. That it was it was it was a bomb, and and so at first I you know I was I was just out of instinct or what I watched the ball, but then I I just something you know flashed. I looked over and and there went the bat, and I thought, hmm, (laughs) probably that's not good. (laughs) You know, you you kind of make a we saw that all right, you know, and and uh, and of course the place was absolutely going not so and. it just it, it was one of the most intense uh, times I've been on the field, and, and there's been a lot of them. Uh, but that one, you know, and 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 the whole, the whole rule. I mean, how many times do you see a catcher just nonchalantly throwing the ball back to the pitcher and it hits the the bat? Um, I've seen it. Oh, that's yeah. right, never. Yeah, never. <laughs> Honestly, never. I mean, you know, uh, you know what's 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 ironic about two years before that in the in the very first hitter of the bottom of the first inning. For Kansas City, St. Louis to Kansas City, Yachty with nobody on, first hitter. Yachty threw the ball, and 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 it, that same thing happened. Of course, nobody on, and everybody went, "Oh, are you, are you okay? I didn't. I'm so sorry." Blah blah blah. You yeah, know, yeah. Like, and didn't really think much of anything about it because it was a, it was a non-issue. And then and then this happened, uh, you know, that day in Toronto. It was it was intense. That's crazy. <clears throat> well, I'm sure we've just barely. It was intense. It was intense watching that game. Yeah. That was that was an atmospheric game for sure. Well, well, I just did uh, uh, I don't know a month ago or so uh, sports, uh, whatever the ESPN of, of Canada <laughs> Sportsnet, I think it is, whatever. Anyway, they I was on a, uh, a uh, they showed that game again, and and they had me doing commentary of the seventh inning, uh, or at least the, the the top part of the seventh inning uh, about what you know, I was going through and stuff, and and it you know in, in I had some friends up there and it was some email. I mean, it, that game, they, they won two world series, but that game absolutely ranks right up there as their, yeah. one of their greatest sports moments ever. Yeah. You know? It's crazy. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that we've I, only, uh, uh, you got a question, Jake? 
I, I was just well, a. I was gonna say I I think you're our official umpire of talking baseball now because a. Yeah, you're in. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, <laughs> we we could we could talk to you all day, man. Um, but I I was gonna I, I had one last thing, and then uh, maybe we'll let you go. Maybe we won't. Um, I I thought you're you're a proud Portland guy. Um, you know we we did a little sco ducks before we started this, oh, and I think nice. it's funny, kind of. You know we're we're in a weird baseball cycle right now. Hopefully we get it back, and who knows what it looks like. But when we're kind of in our normal cycle, if there's a down period, it always comes up. You know what are going to be baseball's expansion cities, and you know we normally hop into Nashville. Sometimes Vegas pops up. Charlotte, I I think could do it. You're in another one right now. Is it yeah. uh, should we should we be pushing get in Major League Baseball to Portland? Do you does is that city ready for it? I I I certainly would love the push. I uh, the, the group they have going. Um, you know, uh, fifteen years ago or seventeen years ago, whatever, when Montreal was moving, Portland was mentioned, but was really never considered, frankly. Um, uh, but it was you know it was one of the it's uh, yeah, Portland. This time it's a little bit different. You can see this uh, this group trying to bring baseball is organized. They have they have they have uh, backers. They have you know some some names. They they've 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 they there's so many hoops that you have to go through just to even have a legitimate shot of of, of a team, and it's such a process to go through. Um, but these people seem to have all that. To, you know, are doing that seriously where we've never, at least since I've lived here, I've never seen a group that really has done that and, and, and done those kind of things. I believe Portland as a media market there, I, I want to say there are, it's larger than four current MLB markets. So, you know, it's got the population base. I think that you need, you, you, you know, in my mind, you need to have you. You definitely need to have a retractable roof up here. Uh, April and even parts yeah. of May, it can be pretty wet, um, and and September is usually pretty good. But it's just one of those things. Uh, you, you can't have it, and they, and they're not proposing a dome by any means. If you if you go to their website, they had the this the uh, drawings for their stadium is outstanding. <laughs> I mean, it looks really cool. I would love to see a team to come come to Portland. I would love to see a baseball team here. I think the I think the city is ready. I don't think they were ready 17 years ago or whatever. And quite frankly, it wasn't a serious attempt. Um, there's some competition out there. You know, Vegas is sitting up pretty. I mean, they got the NFL, NHL, and they're doing. You know, I I, I think Vegas is a is something. Uh, I do know the baseball wouldn't mind having somebody out west. You know, uh, somebody out here in this time zone. I don't know what's going to happen, but I certainly hope if you guys can push it, that's awesome because I would love to see a baseball uh, team here for sure. They have a history of really good fans. I mean, it's going back a ways now, but, you know, the Mavericks, the Independent League, if you've never seen the documentary on Netflix, the Bastard Batters of Baseball, whatever it is, it's amazing. It's an Independent League of, like, you know, Kurt Russell's team. Um, And the people in Portland came to every game and supported it. So there's a history of uh, baseball fanhood in that area. Yeah, baseball actually has a lot of roots here in in Portland with the, you know, Pacific Coast League and before that the I forget, but I mean they, there uh, a lot of players have come through here, you know, when when uh, in the in the fifties, sixties, seventies, whatever. So there's a lot of history with, with baseball in Portland. I hope that can develop into uh, eventually getting a team for sure. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I'm sure we only scratch the surface of stories that you have. Uh, in your memory bank. So we'll have to have you on another time and talk about some other stuff. Absolutely. I enjoyed it guys. Thank you very much for the invite. Thank you.
Enjoy the you rest bet. of your quarantine. Stay safe. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you guys too. And there you have it. Like I said, I think we could have went way deeper. He's got other no hitters, other all-star games. And I'm sure he has tons of stories. Always blows my mind when you talk to players and umpires and people that are on the field for sports, like how well they remember things. He recalled that Billy Martin story. I just watched it before we went live and it was exactly uh, how he remembered it. So that's crazy. Uh, Jake, what was the question that you liked? Well, A, I mean, yeah, we, we could have, I feel like every story he told, we could have done an hour on. We could have done an hour on the Billy Martin. We could have done an hour on the game one George Bush thing. I mean, that's insane. That was awesome. Um, I, uh, I I love Trevor's question about just who was nasty back there. And he, he talked about Randy Johnson and it's like, oh, yep, adds up. And then, dude, I don't know. I just had this moment of realization where on, on Talking Yanks the other day, me and Jimmy started laughing if we actually had to stand in the box for an Araldis Chapman fastball, if we could stay in, because I don't think we would. I think like one shot, chappy fastball, I'm bailing. Um, this dude has been behind the plate. And the two guys he mentioned, Randy Johnson, Nolan Ryan, those are just two. Like he has seen baseball history over 32 years. You see the best to do it in live. Like I, I could stand here and yammer about how Randy Johnson's fastball is nasty. It comes, it comes from the second baseman. I don't know how guys pick it up, and like he synced it, he, he synced it. Um, and I, I think that's that's insane. The only people that have a better perspective are the catchers. Like hitters, you got to like swing. So you like you know you track the you track the ball as long as you can, but eventually you got to swing. I mean, these guys are just they're seeing the pitch the entire way, and it's just. If you ever like see a catcher cam, they don't do that that often. You kind of get the perspective that that an umpire will have. But um, I was—that's the one question I wanted to ask him, and I was trying to think who he would say. I thought he'd bring up someone like way back when. But yeah, when he said Randy Johnson, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Good answer. Yeah, I mean, you see Randy Johnson on a good day, like you know, that's some nasty shit. Yeah, uh, and but the, he was the, great. The story about. George Bush and 2001 World Series. Uh, I've I, I've promoted this documentary a million times on a million different forums, but the nine innings from ground zero, it's like a one-hour documentary on recovering, New York City recovering from 9-11 and then also using baseball as an escape. And they have behind-the-scenes footage of the umpire room when the Secret Service guy is like getting dressed and when George Bush goes and says hi to all the umpires. And so he's probably in that uh, scene. So if you're interested in more of that, Go check out Nine Inks from Ground Zero. Cool. Are we I like mean, an umpire-friendly pod now? Like, are I want to... Dude, I, everyone hates umpires, and I think there are some umpires currently who do do, do the things that are bad. And he even kind of hinted at that. He was like, you know, majority of us and all that. But, uh, I mean, I can't... To, to stand there and just pay so close attention to those pitches for three hours straight, I mean... I don't think people realize, like, I know if I just stood there and not having to pay attention, I'd be tired. But having yeah, to, like, it, hone in on fucking pitches every two seconds, that's crazy, crazy thing to do. He, he mentioned their travel a little bit. And, you know, what is kind of lost on a lot of people is they don't have a home base this entire year. I think they get a two... I want to say maybe it's like 10 days they get off during the season. They just get to go home. 
But other than that, they're on the road for six months. Yeah, like, and they don't fly. They don't charter. Like they are, they're flying in the mornings on a commercial flight. Get your ass up at four in the morning. Get to the city, relax a little bit, then get your ass to the field. Like it's a grueling, grueling six months for these guys. Yeah, baseball. You know, Yankees will have a, a four series homestand and they're home for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Umps never get that. Never. Three games here. Three games next city. Three games next city. That's brutal. It's a lot, and I think you know they. A lot of umpires will move to, you know, Scottsdale or um, Florida because, like, at least because they do spring training too. People don't, you know, don't forget about that. They want to at least have as much time at home as they can, so they'll see a lot of guys congregate in those areas. Yeah, cool. All right, we got to get them back on. Maybe if there's some controversial call or something in the future, we'll have them be our insider. We'll hook that up. Love it. I'd like I'd like to have Dale Scott on on. Be our like we need him on the line right now, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just call him <laughs> in. Yeah, he's got right. pipes too, man. I, I well, he we, does radio. I saw show. it in the Wikipedia. Yeah, but man, he's he's got like the golden voice. Yeah, I like. Nice. I was a big fan of that interview. All right, thank you guys very much for listening. We'll be back on the next day. Is this your next TikTok? Are you going to do a Dale Scott day? <laughs> I want to ask him if he had a family member named Michael Scott and if they hate their life now. <laughs> we need to get you some umpire gear because that's a TikTok written all over it. I think I actually have the...